when you're happy in the knowledge that you can cheer for or against Kai Kamara once again. It's That's So MLS, a North American soccer podcast with myself, Andrew Bates, and Nick Thornton. Hello, hello, hello. That's right. Our favorite perennial striker has returned once again to MLS. I'm very happy to see that. I'm thrilled. Me too. Man, I'm uh, such a bummer for that bit where he didn't have a club. And I saw him on Instagram sort of pontificating his future and being like, "Is do I give it up? And I was like, oh, I would just he's got more in the tank for sure, for someone. And that someone, turns out, is CF Montreal. Very excited to see uh, to see that. That'll be that'll be uh, Kai landing in another uh, Canadian team. Well, and That's... landed as well because he actually donned a jersey and played for them tonight. Well, I guess that's true. It's it's as, as a Vancouver fan, I will always think of that. I think is like in a sense like a one that got away style situation. Yeah, I mean that whole season was such a bummer ending to to something that did have a lot of highlights. I mean, I, I think for me, my biggest takeaway is just there was a lot of great moments between Kai Kamara and Alfonso Davies, and just a lot of great moments from Kai Kamara. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that the club has obviously gone in a, di- a different direction since then, and overall I like those improvements, but it certainly felt like we had finally found our, like, consistent striker, and it seems like Kai Kamara is always that guy for so many teams, where he comes in, scores you 10 or 12 goals, and then doesn't get his contract renewed. So I, I don't know what it takes for him to to find a, a more permanent home, but I'm sure Montreal will be happy to have his services. I uh, and I also felt for him as well with this African Cup of Nations thing, where you know he did so much in those first two games for Sierra Leone, and then um, unfortunately missed a penalty in the third group stage game, and people were like harassing his house and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that wasn't a particularly nice thing either. But yeah, a spot of good news coming in. He pinned. He pinned so much about you know. So much of that was on his shoulders, and and uh, and I only want the best for him in 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 these situations. Fifth all time in MLS scoring, returning to play uh, for his. Uh, or he won. Uh, no, he didn't win. He uh, fifth all time in MLS scoring, and he also. Um, uh, is returning to play for his eighth MLS team. Wow. Which one thinks must be the record. It's getting getting up there for sure. We'll have to dig into that stat. I don't know who, who gets that distinguished place, but... I meant to look it up. I thought I had something similar in my phone. Maybe I had something about trades. Maybe I had... Maybe at one point... Every once in a while, I just go wild and, and consult 15 different Wikipedia pages to add something together in an Evernote. Yeah. Um, and then I leave, and then I forget that Evernote forever. <laughs> That's the important final step, is then delete it or lose it or forget about it. So we had, uh, we had actual, factual games this week. There's been games of soccer played recently, in fact. Uh, and, I mean, there's one just started as well. So I got to see some of the CONCACAF Champions League first legs. I didn't see very many of the second. But um, there were some interesting 
Uh, there were some interesting, uh, you know, things in it. <laughs> some interesting um, calls. I just love that um, Montreal is all Montreal got Concacaf uh, like twenty minutes into their season. Um, with this, with this uh, VAR call, I believe. I'm trying to reach back into my brain a, a, a week ago to remember why it was called off, but it didn't really feel... It was like a... Oh, yeah, it was like an offside call, like, ten touches before the goal. Like, 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 uh, like Montreal scored, and then they were like, we've been able to tell that back in 1995, you were offside. Um, Yes, they, they were like... Uh, yeah, we've, uh, back in 1995, we found out that you were offside. Uh, so the goal has been, um, the goal has been annulled. Um, and that was one, you know, Forge kind of had the same thing happen to them where, you know, I think that the, the perennial experience of, of being a, like a North American team in, in Mexico or, or in Central America is to, is to like, you know, we're doing good. We're 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 playing a big, we're playing a big club here. We're really, um, you know, we're really pushing things, and we think we have something here. And then you concede in the last twenty minutes, and yeah. and, and my understanding is that's what happened to Forge on the, uh, and and it was dispiriting for Montreal that in the first leg away that it seemed like that was what was happening to them. Of course, then Montreal went and and, and today as we uh as we speak, Montreal went and, and uh scored three against Santos Laguna. They sure did. Uh yeah, they they certainly came back in a big way. Um which is great to see from them because it, it always sucks when you sort of stutter on and on the first test and of course for the mls clubs this very much is preseason for them i was shocked i was shocked to learn the thing that bothered me the most is that 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 first big um montreal concacaf champions league run learning that the first big montreal champion uh, where they made it i think to the to the semifinals or the, or the final against santos mm. Yeah. That was apparently 13 years ago. What? What? Really? I guess. I guess because it was in 2009, so I guess that would be 13 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> is this the bad place? I think this is a bad place. What is happening? All right. Sure. I don't know why that unsettles me so much, but here we are. The So that happened. Um, Forge, Forge. That happened. I said that happened to Forge away. That actually happened to the one. The one nothing happened to, to Forge at home against Cruz Azul. They welcomed, they welcomed Cruz Azul of Mexico to Tim Hortons Field, and they were like, "We're doing pretty good, guys. <laughs> it's going pretty good." And then they, uh, and then they conceded late on. Yeah. As. Uh, in 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 and it's no shame. There's no shame in that. No, there's no shame no. in that. I mean, it, it's going to be a a challenge for sure down in Azteca Stadium for Forge. But like, I think it's 
an amazing experience for that group of players. And like, clearly nobody's expecting amazing things from them. So I, I think, you know, you go in and with a, a good mindset and try to play your soccer, but heads up, you know, <laughs> like I think for just having that experience will, will do wonders for them. And, um, obviously they're a club that has a lot of strengths already, so it'll be good, but that that's going to be a tough one. Hats off to them. Um, unfortunately we had a COVID based, um, uh, withdrawal with New England's opponents, Cavalli, um, from Haiti. I think that was COVID, if I recall. I think it was visa um, issues. Um, it, it sounded just like a nightmare, and, I mean, I have no idea the, the full story behind it, but it, it, I think there was a lot of issues with the team being able to even get to the United States. Um... And, and something about maybe that process hadn't been started early enough or just because of COVID, it was difficult for them to actually get to where they needed to go on time. That is a, that is a shame. You want to see these things uh, decided on the pitch. You know, the, the you know New England advances, but I'm sure they would have liked to have the games. Um, yeah. New York City just blew the doors off of uh, their Santos. Yeah, they did okay. They had to play. <laughs> they they Santos did Wapiles. Definitely survived that test. Um, the uh, Seattle had a had a a weird uh, bump in the road against Montagua um, with a nil nil draw. They will welcome them. Um, they will welcome them tomorrow as we talk to Lumen Field. Uh, and you know, how many times have uh, I feel like for I feel like there's there's an, a sensation as an MLS team where it's like watching them you know trying to come back for the home watching them try to walk into the Lumen Field for the home like it's like first time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the thing that we all experience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Welcome to what it's like to play at Lumen Field against Seattle. Colorado somehow uh, ended up tying 2-2 on aggregate. What do you mean, somehow? Show some respect. (laughs) No, but I mean, like, like, I don't mean somehow in that, like, oh, show some respect. But I mean, like, it seems like, you know, they were were down 1-0 on aggregate coming into that. And it seems as though they were playing at home, but they've had a... They they looked like they had a wild game um, with Max... His name is Max. <laughs> um, it looks like we had a communicaciones red card. I I didn't get to see it, but it looks like we got a, a communicaciones red card. The goal from Max at 29 minutes. It goes all the way to a penalty shootout. Um, and you have... it's oh, It doesn't the, say here whether or not they here. were saves or not. I'm just going to watch it on mute. Rubio Acosta and in, in in penalties in in extra time of penalties or not extra time of penalties because it's the fourth round of penalties you have you have the Rapids miss a, a shot and then Comunicaciones miss a shot and then everyone and then so you're already the last shot has already been missed um the next five shots also miss or, oh, or, 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 or saved. Yeah, I think that's that's what I saw. Um, 
Yeah, I saw something on my Twitter timeline about that as as some shots were being missed. Well, that's unfortunate. Eventually, you had uh, Comunicaciones will go on, blow for the Rapids because you know they would like to to um, to push on, but they will, um, I guess, have their schedules a little more clear. Um, and and you have a couple of uh, you will see. It. I think that for a lot of these, it is. I guess to my eyes, just a, a sense of like, well, we're um, we're pushing on a little bit, and we're getting we're getting we're getting teams some on field experience. You know, I I think that you want to win the, the of course you want to win the Champions League when you're in the Champions League, and for Montreal it's great. For Colorado, I would say that that this doesn't necessarily derail their their year goals or anything. Mm-hmm. No, we have Montreal, New York City. New England, and uh, potentially Forge or Seattle. If Forge wins at the Azteca, man, that would be that would be the same. That would be on that that would be on a whole other level. Um, <laughs> and why not? But, uh, you know, like I was going to say, stranger <laughs> things have happened, but I don't think that <laughs> applies necessarily here. It's pretty. Seems it's, un- yeah. it seems unlikely, but no disrespect to them, like. Go like I said, go and have fun, enjoy the moment. It's a great thing to bring a team together. I think the the biggest thing for them will be to go out and put their stamp on the game and not like not take it too too seriously. Like you know what I mean? Like take it seriously, but don't take a defeat too seriously. You know, <laughs> like sometimes everything's stacked against you, and again, it's just you never know. Uh, we had a uh, the the stacked in in women's soccer. We had the stacked different sets of uh, of um, of games at the of of sort of like friendly tournaments, spring tournaments that happened in women's soccer. We had the Arnold Clark Cup was the beginning of the the competition. You know, there's the Arnold Clark. There's she believes. There's the Algarve Cup. There's another one I'm forgetting. Um, in Canada, uh, went in and, and had a one-one tie with England. Had a one-nil win against Germany, and then uh, and then lost to Spain in its uh, in its endeavors. And I don't believe there is a there is I don't believe there is a uh, a, a final for that. So the win, I believe, goes to Great Britain. Hmm. All right. Um, I saw a little bit of the the England game. It was pretty good. The other big news for um, the other big news for uh, women's soccer is that the long running um, U.S. women's national team uh, suit for for pay equity has has been settled. Yes, at long last, a deal has been reached. I liked the statement surrounding it. I think there was a a lot of praise for being able to get this done, but also being realistic about how long this has taken and that this is really about making an attempt to correct historic wrongs, not a... Um, what am I trying to say? I think it, it signals movement, but also recognizes, the statements recognize that this has really been a very protracted fight for what was always owed to these players. 
Um, but hopefully this is a, a step to move things in the correct direction. Yes. So they will, not only will the players involved uh, get a, um, a get a, a payout of $22 million to be split between them, um, but then they will, uh, the USSF committed to providing an equal rate of play, pay for the women's and men's national teams, including World Cup bonuses, select, subject to collective bargaining agreements. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I hope that this <laughs> signals change. I mean, I think settlements like this are uh, sometimes a, a bit of a, a, big, a mixed bag and sometimes a little bit bittersweet just because of it shouldn't have taken a legal battle to get here. But again, hopefully it, it allows everyone to move forward and put in some structures that allow the game to grow. It, it also just feels like, you know, to fight this has also hindered the growth of the game. It, this has taken up more time and energy than it ever needed to. With the, we had a little bit. Of, we had some games in the Champions League, and uh, but this weekend, it's so strange that it's already coming so early. Where 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 we finished the MLS season in in December, and we're getting right back to it in February. Um, and uh, but it, it's and it's been a whirlwind because, and I'm sure you've you. You probably have some of this uh, this thought process for me. It's like you know, it's been a busy couple of months in the off season, both inside and out of soccer. Outside of, of soccer, yeah, absolutely. We we um, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but MLS really completely dodged the bullet of like the biggest part of the Omicron, yeah, surge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I say dodge. Of, of course, they got some teams got hit. The, the the Philadelphia Union wouldn't say they dodged that bullet. Right. Yes. Um, important but important it, asterisks to that. But overall, yes, the the timing of it was as everything was wrapping up, and really the worst of it was happening over the off season. Certainly, it's impacted individuals and and things like that. But if we're talking soccer, yeah, we the. The alignment couldn't have really happened better for MLS coming into this season. And, you know, it, we're now entering into a, a strange time, too, as, as restrictions lift everywhere. Um, and we wait to see what happens here and elsewhere. So, uh, and, you know, the we see uh, a, but, a, a number of trades have been happening. Um, as the athletic notes, some of the... Some of the biggest um, gam trades in history have been in the, the last couple of years, and 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 some of them have been uh, the 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 according to this chart that I'm looking at from the Athletic uh, of the five of the six most expensive gam trades in MLS history. Uh, Three of them were this pro season. Hmm. Or sorry, uh, of the six, four of them were this pro season. Because Ariola was Ariola is number one. Lewis Morgan, Jeremy Abobus, or sorry, Casper uh, Shabilko, and Kellen Acosta. Right. All count as some of the biggest uh, in league moves. So there's been some big moves out of the league. There's been been, been some big moves in league. Uh, some teams. Are looking uh, have a, 
big facelift. Some look the same. And uh, we'll be able to finally get... So it, it's, it may be spring again in some places. In some places, it may not exactly seem like spring again, but there will definitely be action on the field. Absolutely. Um, do you want to break down some of these teams? Let's do it. Let's dive into some of these teams. Of course, we're not going to be able to cover every single transfer that happened, but... Um... Also, we want to do a bit of a preview, and we're doing a, a little bit differently than we've done in the past, as we were sort of saying before the show. It's not like our predictions last season came particularly true, so a little bit more winging it this season. But the only thing about Sting and MLS that's for sure is that nothing's for sure. Nothing is for sure. But what what are some things that we know about some teams as we move through the league? I believe we're just going to do this alphabetically. So, let us start with good old Atlanta United. They have had a uh, quite a bit of movement in and out. Of course, I think the biggest talking point was Ezekiel Barco being loaned out to River Plate. Um, and then George uh, Bello also being traded out of the league. Um, but resulting in some big money for <laughs> Atlanta. And they have turned around and spent that money. Not necessarily yes. on a lot of big names, um, but they've certainly, I think, strengthened their squad. How do you rate all of this? I mean, do you, we can talk about Barco, we can talk about all the other trades, but where do you see Atlanta United heading into the season? Atlanta United is a team that badly needs some stability after what happened in the last season, the the coaching carousel that they, uh, that they uh, endured. Yeah. Um, and I'm not necessarily like, I think that I never, I thought that when, when eyes really turned to Ezekiel Barco, I think he was able to, to shed some of the, the, the early, I guess, career concern that people had for him. Um, but you know, it's time, it's about time for him to move on in his career for, for, it's it's kind of nice to for Atlanta to not have to to ponder that, um, you know, trying to figure out where he's trying to support him in his evolution and and figure out where to, um, where exactly to to slot him in. They landed Dom Dwyer, um, which is huge. Yeah, but I also um, I'm also excited. Uh, you're right to say that there hasn't been um, a number of. Uh, you're right to say there hasn't been a number of like huge deals, but Diego Almada is a big deal, isn't that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's yet another story that MLS just sort of brushed past, and and the club eventually just said, "Well, we've we've done our due diligence here, whatever that means." Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's really unfortunate. We've had so many conversations about uh, players and their backgrounds and the standards that teams say they uphold. I don't really want to talk about this player much this season. I, I For me, I'm not satisfied that um, what due diligence is can mean so many different things. Um, it's a big signing for them, but it's not a player who's I'm going to be hyping up much this season. Yeah, that was a bad. I mean, we should. Yeah, because if I remember now, we were gonna we were gonna have this conversation last week. 
Um, and didn't quite, um, it was, it's an, I guess it's like a, it's an option agreement while he's trying to figure out if he's getting tried or not. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, to, to say that now, well, charges have been withdrawn, so we're satisfied. And it's like, all right, but that, that's our that's our bar <laughs> like yeah you know anyway it i also feel like it, it's a conversation we've had a lot i'm not trying to skirt a, a deeper conversation behind it but you know i i also feel like when a, a club and a league has made their decision and already moved on from it there it, it really feels kind of helpless what like what else can you do but either choke down a pretty unsatisfactory answer or uh, you know try to to band together and and make something happen but i i don't honestly know what that would be in this particular case but it, it atlanta has atlanta has yeah um that's a, that's always a really worrying thing um i don't really think that like it's good like like something like this i want to talk in the general sense of things but um, it's really, you know, it's, we, now we talked about it last week in terms of like trying to move on from the, the harm of something or, or while that the harm is still being, you know, perpetuated, um, and trying to build stability or to build, you know, a, you know, you know, a community around the fan base or to build, you know, uh, solidarity in the squad is really challenging in that situation. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I, I think for me, you can read the statement from the club. You can read statements from the supporters groups and decide for yourself. Um, it, it, it's certainly tricky. I, I understand that there's legal processes that happen and, if a, a person is not being charged or prosecuted in any way, then they're legally off the hook. Um, but clearly these conversations are very complicated, and I just don't know where we get to if we are satisfied with um, what feels like very general statements and a sort of like a well, we'll, we can have our cake and eat it too. Like, we we don't need to accept any responsibility for this. But we're also kind of acknowledging that, like, this looks really bad, but we're not going to do anything about it. Like, to me, it's like, well, if you're going to say that this isn't great, then why do it? But I don't even think their statement was that strong. Anyway, spent more time on Atlanta United than uh, we maybe intended to off the top. <laughs> but, so let's let's move over to Austin FC. For me, a club that last season, you know, never quite like really got into gear, despite some really promising moments and some really impressive performances. Um, also, a club with an awful lot of movement. Um, notable players coming in. We've got Ethan Finley. We've got Maxi Rudy. Uh, Felipe Martins from DC United and formerly of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Felipe's in Austin now. I mean, overall, I I feel like it's a... 
maybe net gains by a, a little bit. Um, I don't think any of the players out were were really absolutely critical to their success, and they brought in some some strong players, but admittedly also players that I don't know a lot about. Um, so I think they've signed some high caliber players, and we'll just have to see how that shakes out for them. I think Arudi was uh, was great when he played in Montreal. Um, I thought I think that some of the you know they've. Um, I think that some of the obviously some of the the moves out are are um, you never love to lose Matt Beesler, of course, but uh, I think that they're as a as a te- as a team early in its evolution is you know cycling out players that weren't necessary that may not have been the the best fit, trying to um, trying to make some little adjustments and, and find some new people to plug into spots and make, make some signings for them. Mm-hmm. in the league and outside the league. Yeah. But I, I kind of don't know quite where to rate them this season. I, I feel like probably they're not going to end up in a wildly different place than last season. Um, and of course, there's still another transfer window to go. So it's not necessarily like it's all doom and gloom. And I, again, they, they won nine games last season, which I think is respectable. They gave up a lot of goals. I think they've brought in some good defensive reinforcements. If I'm looking at the West, I still think Austin is maybe ultimately going to end up kind of sort of second, third, last. But I would love to be wrong on that. I just don't, I, I don't see it just yet. One, uh, one team that's having challenges in the, in the, rec- in the predictions um, Charlotte FC. the predictions of their own coach. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. All right. It's that they said in this tweet, they had this tweet where they added up all of the people from MLSsoccer.com and said where they, where they all had ranked, all the predictors had ranked them 14th out of 14. Um, and they said, we're going to, we're going to put you on notice for when we make you look silly at the end of the season. It's like, you don't get to make that tweet when your coach said, we're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, despite bringing in a lot of players, um, of course, they had a, a major transfer fall through, and things have just not been good for them. And in a preseason press conference, their coach basically said, literally, we're screwed. And it's a very challenging situation. And he's not wrong. Like, it, it sucks to, to have some big things that you think are going to happen not fall through. But also, it's a little bit for me like, wait, you know you're in charge, right? Like, don't don't shoot yourself in the foot before you, you even start the race. <laughs> um, they've brought... If only somebody could have changed, could have affected this. Yeah, it's like, but, like who's in charge around here? Um, I think that they've put together a good squad, but my goodness, of course, when you have an expansion side like this, you run down the, the team sheet and you see a lot of names. There's a lot of names from outside of the league. Um, I think that they've made some good signings, but for me, the really worrying uh, sign is they have very little MLS experience on their side. That traditionally has not played out very well for expansion sides obviously charlotte could be different but when your coach says you're screwed and you you haven't got a full squad at your disposal and 
there's so little MLS experience and almost no uh, like experienced <laughs> MLS experience, senior experience, shall we call it. Um, they brought mm-hmm. in Tristan Blackman, who was immediately then traded to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, Ishmael Tajuri Shradi also traded to LAFC. Um, yeah, I don't know that I entirely disagree with their coach. I think it's going to be a very challenging start to the season for them. Um, but, like, try to build something anyway. Like, get get the chemistry going as much as you can. You've got the players you've got. I mean, the, presumably they scouted all these players and wanted them on the squad. So, like, let's see what they can do. And it's not, like, it's yeah. not an untalented side. It's just that there's a lot of young players and there's a lot of players from, you know, just about every league from every continent. So sometimes that can come together and make a bit of magic, but I'm not sure that that's my prediction for them. I think that this is, um, I wasn't going to say, I was going to say like, you know, compared to like, I was surprised because I thought I didn't realize that this wasn't connected to North Carolina FC. Um, in, in, I was like, uh, uh, I thought for some reason it was it was attached to a a USL team, Mm. and I think that like one of the big problems that they're going to face is that um, you know they have. I think that exactly what you said is good. There's there's quality in the team. Of course, they haven't had a lot of time to gel together, and that's going to create problems in a season. And and they're really going to have to ride this out. The problem is that they have big time ownership that has big time that I can only assume has ambitions of being the new Atlanta and they are playing in the NFL stadium and Atlanta was able to come onto the scene with a with a you know a really driven franchise plan really uh really ambitious ownership they were able to fill that stadium really well from the 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 offset the 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 beginning of it but when you don't have the backing of a long-term fan base you don't that, that was a part of an, a usl team you don't have necessarily you know you've you've been you've been showing in interviews that you don't necessarily feel prepared about what you've been doing um and you try to trot that that product out Mm-hmm. on on sort of this grand looking stage that can be a problem yeah yeah it sure can we'll see we'll see gonna be an interesting one let's move over to chicago fire fc um chicago has had um some up and down years i where did my list go um they have now got Jordan Shakiri. They've got Casper Shavilko. They've they've those are are two big names, uh, no name bigger than Spencer Ritchie to build your team around. I love Spencer Ritchie. Yeah. Um, but you know it's it's been a couple of years of of um of challenging times. I think that like to move on players like um like Robert Barrick. It have I think been really um, key to what success that you've been able to achieve through that time is is you know it's definitely a a, a time of era change for Chicago, um, 
I guess the question is, you know, we, when you try to go and make a huge splash, like signing a big European player, mm-hmm. um, you've got to have, I guess, the, you've got to build something around that player. It's not as easy as just, I guess, having the, the one, uh, it's not as easy as just sort of plugging someone in. Chicago has at times looked like they have the potential of, of, of making something happen. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're a team that has been on a consistent upward trajectory. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair thing to say. But wait, so are you are you cool on your assessment of this version of Chicago? or Yeah, they're going to have to gel. You know? Okay. You put these... You put these you put these things together, it's like it's like the Rooney thing, right? Like, you bring in... Rooney came into a team that was in D.C. that was not, you know... They, they had had some rough years in the past and was able to act as a real leadership figure and help bring that together. They're, they're, if, if that hadn't happened, like, the, that was... That's a clear example of that going well. Right. Um, and I think the gold standard of that going well. Um, but Chicago neither, you know, has, is there, there, there is neither a previously existing positive vibe about Chicago, nor does Shakiri at this exact point in time, you know, come into this with, with, you know, in, from a big, a hyped portion of his own career. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, obviously like, uh, uh, a very talented player with a pretty storied career, but also, yeah, I'm curious too about how that all fits together. I was a little bit warmer towards what they've done. I, I think Shabilko is a great get for them. I, I like the addition of Shakiri. They've also added Jaro Torres um, on transfer from Atlas, but this is also a team that also gave up 54 goals uh, last season. And so I'm, that's sort of the part where I go, okay, you've got this, these players moving forward who are great, um, and hopefully they gel, gel well together. But also, um, have you addressed the, the real problem, which was the defensive side of things? In my heart of hearts, I want to say Spencer Ritchie is going to solve all of that. But I th- we know that there's uh, at least three other defenders in front of him that have a job to do as well. So we'll see. They moved on Calo and Kapelhoff, which who had been you know big parts of their defense, and they brought in uh, a player from Germany. So um, it'll be interesting to see um, how that will fit in. It, it, clearly, if you let four defenders go and you bring in one, you're you're hoping to fill in a little bit from from folks you have already had, um, and that will be that will be the challenge. Is 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 building that core around, you know, I know that they had had their, their, their issues with, um, with Bobby Shuttleworth in the past and, and, um, Richie, I like, uh, Richie has had years, challenging years himself in, in, um, in Cincinnati. So, I guess it'll it, it remains somewhat to be seen like will that be will will 
how hard can you lean on him for, in this situation when when you're also, um, you know, changing up the core of defense at the same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, another team that uh, actually I'm wearing their jersey right now in, in celebration of the almost kickoff of the season. We have perennial favorites FC Cincinnati who have definitely had another rejig of their own. Wow, how are, how are we feeling here? I mean, an, an enormous number of players uh, that went out. Nick Hagland, uh, Chris Duvall, per- Titan. Perennial, perennial favorites. Favorite Nymph. what? Favorite, favorite what? Favorite color? Fa- yeah. Um, favorite, uh, look, favorite team? They're... Favorite team in Cincinnati? Yes, their jersey is <laughs> sharp, up close and personal. They, they re-signed Nick Hagland. Did they? So that's a positive. Yes. Oh, yeah, they did. Sorry, I was looking on the wrong side of things. Um, they re-signed Hagelin and they re-signed uh, Harris Madunian in, which, which I guess means that they they let those expire and, and, and everybody involved got a chance to say... Well, how do we uh, how do we feel about this situation? Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, the way that MLSsoccer.com has it laid out, they have Medunian in on both sides of players in and out, which I get technically makes sense given the uh, financial things around him. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, some interesting additions um, and and re ups for a few people, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not convinced that bringing in Alvis Powell and Dominic Badgey is going to fix everything. Um, but these are all good additions. I, I still just feel like FC Cincinnati does like this shaking the etch-a-sketch approach to things. And it all, like the dust kind of settles and you go, okay, well, it's different. But like... I don't see how this iteration is significantly different. And of course that deserves to be judged on the field. Um, it can only go up from here. 37 I'll goals for of... 74 against last season. <laughs> Who knows? I, I know it's kind of, maybe I'm going to be like the history will, will prove me wrong by being a little down on Chicago and, and not necessarily up on Cincinnati, but I honestly do think, that if you have been feeling that you've been experiencing some um, dysfunction mm. in previous years, mm-hmm. that to you know to have some stability, to have some players who are familiar with your 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 team and your league, you have your new coach in Pat Noonan. Pat Noonan. Um, I think that as much as the edge of sketch approach is sometimes good, but. I honestly think that in some in from season to season, sometimes in Cincinnati, um, it has sometimes looked like starting from the ground up every year. Yeah, and my hope for them would be that, like you know, you have some little tweaks, you have some little player, some 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 new face, some limited amounts of new faces that you can. Um, that you can build around, but the number one thing is to build that culture and to to I guess you know form together as a group with the help of your uh, with your with your new coach, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, but I'm I'm not necessarily holding my breath there. 
Um, but that's one of the advantages when the bar is so, so low. Cal- uh, Colorado Rapids. They um, had a, were really great all year until the end where a bunch of uh, a, a errant goal in a game that they were not a part of uh, cost them the, 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 or, or, or flung them into the Western Conference Championship uh, or into the regular season uh, number one spot, which then um, saw them go out in the first round. Yeah. Um. So they're they were they were uh, they were somewhat caught up in all of that end end of season drama, and I think also it was a little disappointing for the you know to see you know what are, what's gonna develop from from everything that had built. Well, um, we are seeing more or less exactly the same team come back. Um, Baji, well, Baji, Baji Acosta and Trusty, I guess, or or. Are out. Yeah. There have not been a lot of additions. Abubakar Keita from Columbus is here, and they have signed the midfielder Max, who scored. We mentioned scored in the Champions League. Um, oh, and they did. Uh, they did get Brian Acosta in the re-entry draft. So, so we've we've got a we've got a couple of key midfielders. We've returned Mesquita. We've returned Drew Moore and Stephen Betashur. Um But I'm. F- if the Twitter rumblings have anything to say, I feel like there's a lot of frustration amongst Colorado Rapids supporters that, once again, they're spending a season without any real big signings coming in. Max, obviously, is a great signing. Um, but it still seems like there's there's hunger for more of a sea change here in Colorado. But I, I also think that we've got a, a good squad and, um, you know, We'll see. We'll see how things go. And I mean, I shouldn't say like all of Twitter was was rumbling about it. Just seeing a few sections where people weren't super thrilled. But again, this is also a club that was first in the West. So it's it's kind of hard, like a certainly disappointing end to things. But this is also a team that really, I would say, doesn't need to change a lot. And, you know, at this point, you, sure, you could go out and spend a ton of money and bring in a big DP signing but if that's not what you need, then maybe that's not what you need. We'll see. Columbus are definitely a team that you know will have uh, will have will always have high expectations for themselves, and those were not realized last year. No, they sure. Um, and 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 they have uh, they have made they have. Uh, made some comment. They have made some changes as a result of this. They have um, they have uh, they've out gone is Harrison Apple uh, gone as a free agent. Um, Keita is gone. Sebastian Burhalter is off to the Whitecaps, um, and who I understand was not necessarily a, a huge uh, a huge deal for them. And they have uh, they've. Got some free. They've got uh, some free agent players, and they've, uh, I guess, picked up some more homegrown uh, defenders. They've got Jake Morris and Will Sands. Um, but it seems kind of like in terms of in terms of like a major. Oh, I guess it's this uh, midfielder from Real Zaragoza would be the big guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. 
not bad uh the the signings that they've made but again with so much movement it's really hard to be able to say like i think columbus crew is better or worse um because this is a lot of movement and i feel like some good pieces gone some good pieces in i don't know but i this is another one that i'm i'm just I guess it's it's a little bit too untested. I'll have to see what it looks like on the pitch. Yeah, well, it's it'll it'll be a, a scenario in that case where um, Caleb Porter is really going to be building this up. You know, it, it is it is perhaps you could look at it a little bit as a as a you know something a little more in his image. Yeah. Then then that uh, first run to MLS Cup, which is not not. Not Porterball, but it's like in that in that situation, it was it was, you know, I feel like that was Porter stepping in to take a new team to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I feel like we've not really like maybe well certainly they did hit that level, but it, it's felt a bit like the foot is off the gas and we're sliding down the hill a little bit. Um, That's correct. So we'll see how that gets corrected. FC Dallas, I am just going to say it off the top of the bat and not ask you a rhetorical question. But I think FC Dallas is my most improved team this season. I don't know how you could argue otherwise. Just I said Tom. I said Don Dwyer went to to Atlanta, but they also have him as Ian on this sheet for Dallas too. What gives? Uh, MLSsoccer.com, What's going on? Some of us rely on your official source as being able to to know what happens. One thing we do know for sure is, of course, there was lots of talk about it. And finally, it was announced that Paul Ariola is in. Um, I think that's a fantastic signing. Big move. Um, Yeah, I like the pieces that they've added. They have spent a eye-watering amount of money. But, of course, that sweet, sweet Pepe money. Um, Pepe money will keep them going for a little bit longer. I feel like they've spent a good portion of it at this point. Um, also bringing in Marco Fafan, Farfan and uh, Alan Velasco as well. I'm really excited. Dallas was a team that let me down last season because I rated them so highly and <laughs> talked them up. And then, of course, of course, they wound up 11th out of 13. Um, so that didn't quite happen. I felt like, you know, the goals were, were certainly there, but an awful lot of goals at the back as well. But I feel like Dallas has not just added in the forward positions, obviously bringing in Farfan is a a very experienced player. Nanu as well from on loan from Porto. Um, Dallas could do good things this season. (coughs) Excuse me. And one of the things that I kind of wanted to track through the whole conversation about teams was just, if we're thinking about the conferences for a second, I think the West is going to be really interesting again, and it'll be interesting to see how maybe some of the the balance of power might shift a little bit. I think that, you know, clubs like the two LAs needed to probably have slightly better off-seasons. LAFC, I think, um, certainly had a good one and addressed some of their concerns. But when, if you think about a West where San Jose and Dallas are much more competitive and arguably Houston this season as well, you know, looking at the table, there's not a lot of room for all of those clubs to be performing well. And I think a lot of them, on paper at least, they, they should be performing well. So that's a thing I'm keeping an eye on. 
DC United, um, they had a, a fair amount of outs in the in in this transfer window. They, I don't necessarily think they've brought a huge amount of ins. Um, they they got American defender Brendan Hines Ike. Yep, Brad Smith as well from Seattle. Um, so they'll have some, you know, and and certainly a couple of some interesting signings. Um, they've brought in Michael Estrada on loan from Toluca. That's really their only attacking piece that I think they've brought in. Um, I, yeah, DC for me is is a little bit disappointing here. They didn't have a terrible season last season, but I also felt like they made up a lot of points on the table from just others. Uh, like poor performances. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a kind season to them, but you know, some, some interesting pieces that they've added and again, they may not be done as well. Uh, Houston, do you think that they're, uh, their off season in any way um, matches up to Dallas's their rivals? I don't know that I would say it adds up, stacks up exactly the same, um, but I think they've brought in some really good pieces and some really interesting pieces. Um, Steve Clark has signed as a free agent for them. I think that's a, a fantastic pickup. Um, and Daniel Starez as well from LA Galaxy. It was yeah, some questionable time there, but um, overall I like it. I think that Houston is still improved and i i feel like they they're entering a new era i'm not convinced that this is the the brand new look and how things are going to go from here on out but yeah i feel like houston's got a a decent squad um and i think they've probably still got some cash to spend as well because they really trimmed down their roster and a a lot of fairly expensive long-term pieces have moved on so um yeah, it'll be exciting to see what happens there. Uh, LAFC, somehow the new home for, uh, or I guess continuing to be the new home in some ways, for former Vancouver Whitecaps, including Maxime Crepeau and Danielle Henry. I know, I was kind of surprised by that one. <clears throat> As you said, I think they've made some good pickups here. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, their biggest problem last season was giving up goals. They brought in Franco Escobar, Maxime Cropeau, John McCarthy, Ryan Hollingshead, Daniel Henry. To me, that signals some pretty clear intent to move in some very experienced and high-caliber defending. And that's really where I think they, they probably needed to focus. I don't mean any disrespect to Carlos Vela, but I still think there's an awful lot being placed on his shoulders. And given how many players have left, and we've talked about the number of good attacking players, especially their midfielder that midfield that have moved on, bringing in Kellen Acosta is great. Bringing in Ile Sanchez is what is great as well. Um, I think that for me right now, all I can really say is I think they'll be defensively better. But it, I don't know that I'm convinced that this is like the rejigged LAFC that is going to bring us back to their glory days of a couple years ago. Um, but I, how do you feel about them? One thing I do got to say is I think that they did a better they did better at it than LA Galaxy. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't love fair. I don't love the way that we we don't have to jump right to that if you don't want to. But if I if I look at what Galaxy did. Um, they re-signed Victor Vasquez. 
They brought in Mark Delgado from Toronto FC. Um, they brought in Douglas Costa as a forward is the big sort of the big news um, there. But, you know, they, they brought in Kelvin Leardam from Seattle. Pretty good. But, I mean, I don't necessarily think, you know, that's a team that needed to, that needs to be on an upward trajectory. Mm. And uh, I don't know that I see that here. I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, it's like, got many of the big pieces already in place. I guess that's that's one thing you can say for him. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see as well as even just the mindset that might shift from from moving on from some longer term players. Um, I think that that made sense. Of course, Legette went to New England. Daniel Starez to Houston, as we just said. Ethan Zubak to Nashville. Um, and then a number number of players that just had their option declined or moved on for other reasons. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of new things to say rather than, like, I don't see it. But for a team that finished just below the playoff line, I'm looking at their transactions and I'm going, if I'm looking at just that, I don't know that I see them performing much higher. But, again, it's a it's going to be a very different-looking team, and that's not always a bad thing. Um and, and it does give chances to different players, and we, I've, we've talked about players that they've relied really heavily on, like Jonathan Dos Santos, who certainly was a warrior for them, but also it, it felt like, like there was really lost momentum there at some point, that it was a really good piece that they had, but it didn't feel like he was electric or really, like he would sort of carry the team at times, but I don't know that he really, especially in the last two years, really like elevated the players around him consistently um so it'll be i'm excited to see what happens there i i think it's a a good squad but yeah mid-table a team i would call the antithesis of momentum inter miami uh lots and lots of players declined lots and lots of players loaned out um pizarro is gone um Federico Iguain has ended his wonderful uh, his wonderful MLS career. Yeah. Um, Ryan Shawcross has entered his yeah. existing his 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 extant MLS career. Yeah. He was here. Well, he actually yeah he started his <laughs> retirement last year, but he really decided to make it official. That's mean. Uh, <laughs> that's not very nice to say. DeAndre but Yedlin, I, but I'm still uh, old you... MLS face has returned. But I'm still glad you said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, DeAndre Yeplin is back. That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, it's been a while since we've said his name back from, uh, he was most recently at Newcastle, right? Or was he somewhere after there? Whatever. He's not back. Not 100% sure. <laughs> he was at Newcastle at some what, point. What league, what league is that in? I don't even remember that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, CJ Dos Santos from Benfica is coming in in goal. Um, and so is Clement Diop. So they must have some, they want to, they, 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 this sounds like a situation when you want to have a, a young player and you want to have him backed up by somebody that has a little experience. Yeah. And like, look, we have had a go at inter Miami. I can't imagine there's many inter Miami's fans that listen to this show because we're so harsh about them. I do think that they've improved. Um, I think it's a nightmare front office situation, and I don't even want to get into the financial aspects, but 
given the pieces that they had to work with and what they can and cannot do, I think that they have improved the squad. And overall, I I like the signings. I like that there's still an emphasis on finding young players, a uh, player like Bryce Duke coming in from LAFC. I like that kind of signing for Inter-Miami over what they tried to do last season. So, you know, is Inter-Miami going to take it all this season in the East? Probably not. But you know what? I think that they could make a playoff run. I think that they could fight for that seventh spot. Um, we have... Um, oh, I was looking at the wrong list. Um, Minnesota. 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 <laughs> well, I don't want to... Okay, no, you go. I'm not saying anything about Minnesota United this season because last season... <laughs> I bear full responsibility for their crap season because all I could talk about was how I thought everybody was wrong and Minnesota United were going to be great. Just you wait and see. Well, that didn't happen. So, yeah. Yeah, um, they've had some, they've had some subtractions. Um, Grey Goose. I've, uh, uh, the, uh, a player whose name I always love to say. Um, It'll be interesting. I guess it's like at times they've been able to put stuff together. Uh, at times they've had uh, at time it's been more challenging. You have these players like the um, Curvin Ariaga from Marathon. You have Luis Amarillo coming in from Vela Sarsfield. So um, you have a you have a bunch of new. I guess forward players that you want to uh, to try and get some success with. Um, I guess it'll be it'll be interesting to see sort of like what the plan is to um, to keep discipline going along with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those are all good points, and I have no notes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I think that um, yeah, some interesting pieces here. Um, I. I, st- I don't see it. Um, I mean, and like they did finish fifth last season, so like they didn't have a terrible season. I don't think it was great. Um, net positive here, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think that Minnesota probably finishes lower this season than they finished last season. And now they'll probably win MLS Cup. But <laughs> honestly, I don't think they're going to do as well this season, even as they did so last you- year. See, you guys have got to, the, the fans, the fans have got to thank us for this because we're, we're, we're encouraging them to do well by, exactly. by, exactly. By, I don't know uh, what else to do. I can't reverse psychology it clearly. So I just got to be honest and say, uh, I don't think they'll do great. And also I was very wrong about them before. So who knows? Last year, I would say that we started really positively on Montreal. Uh, I don't think they quite... Um, I don't think they quite, uh, uh, delivered on everything that we had hoped. No. You know, I think that, I think that in terms of what they're, how, in terms of like, you know, the consistency, I think they struggled to find that, although they were fun at times. Um, we're starting fun again. We're starting fun again. You know, they had that, they had that, they had that, they just had that huge home win against Santos. Um... 
the players that they have are good. They've managed to, um, after you know, uh, after ta- after much time of will they or won't they with uh, Lassie Lapalainen, um, he has been signed. He's in for good. Yes. Um, who is the player? Ismail Kone is the one that scored. Yep, tonight's that <laughs> game. Uh, tonight. Um, but you can you can look at some of the, the 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 players in. You can look at Kai. I'm excited, of course, about Kai. Um, Joaquin Torres. Yeah. Big addition. Um, I don't want to be too. In some situations, in some senses, I don't want to be too. You know. I'm a little bit once once burned twice shy about how about okay. this because of the situation with how um how things went the the they have to continue build, keep building that um that consistency um but things are looking good the mood is good and the and the squad is good I I I can't say uh I can't say that things don't look real positive for them coming into the season well and especially with the addition of Alistair Johnston from Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 th- yeah, it wasn't quite all there for them last season. Um, certainly like some interesting moments, but they, I still feel like, yeah, saying they, they fell well short of expectations is, is fair. Um, and I think they've added some really good pieces here. Again, a team that defensively, uh, seemed to struggle, not as much as some others, but it felt like for everything they did right, they could do <laughs> two things wrong that always kind of shot themselves in the foot, but not to be deterred. They also re-signed Rudy Camacho. So I don't know, man, <laughs> I don't know. They finished 10th last season. Um, I would love of course to see them perform higher, but I think a lot of clubs, um, especially if we're looking at the season table from last year, those teams above them, I think made significant improvements and, um, I'm excited to see what Montreal can throw together. Probably they've improved. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to go on a deep, deep run this season. Nashville made some... They lost Johnson, who you just mentioned, who's is, uh, is on his way to Montreal. Um, they made uh, some other cuts uh, through the, the declined options. Cadiz, they added course, is a big one not coming back. They added Ethan Ethan Zubak and Teal Bunbury were kind of the the, the getbacks for for losing your Cadizes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta be honest. I like Nashville. I think they have a, a really strong defensive core. Um, or did? <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be an amazing season for them. Um. Obviously, we love Teal Bunbury. I think Ethan Zubak is a great addition as well. Um, ah, but to to lose Alistair Johnston, I, I just think he was so instrumental to to what they did, and and also the, his mentality and and the the grit that he has. I don't think Nashville's lost everything or all of their edge, but for a team that did do so well last season, ending up third in the Eastern Conference, and was so defensively effective it's not like they've lost their whole back line or anything but i don't know i think um at the best i could say for their season is maybe they kind of end up in a similar place um but also maybe this is a sign that there's still 
positions they'd like to fill, and they just haven't found the right players yet. Um, New England Revolution. They uh, they they say goodbye to uh, Tejan. They say goodbye to Matt Turner. Uh, and they say hello to Sebastian Legette and Omar Gonzalez and Josie. Yeah, and Josie Altador. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a team this is a team where you really I think are I mean it's interesting because this is a of course this is uh a team that that once again in its time has has made it so close uh after winning the the president's trophy they they uh they had some success um they they really were hoping to be set up for success in the playoffs they they uh they stu- they sputtered at the first step of the playoffs they did sputter they did happen to sputter to the champions um the the eventual champions in new york city um but you know you you're continuing to want to see success for them and and there are changes there are pos- there are in some senses positive changes mm-hmm. um but it seems like some of the additions are plug and play more than they are transport formative. Um, you know, this is a Bruce Arena team that may that may well suit him, um, but you are hoping for a little bit of. Uh, I think, of course, you're, you're the the improvement. I guess is is in some sense is going to have to come with from within. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. They did so well. <laughs> I think that they've got a lot to do this season. But, I mean, they really dominated the Eastern Conference. Um, and I can't imagine Bruce Arena's done with things. Um, yeah, I think they're going to have a good season. Is it going to be exactly the lights-out performance as it was last season? Maybe not, because I think that a lot of the teams in the East did sputter last season. And um, I, I think that they've got some retooled competition. But, you know, <laughs> steady is the ship over there that leads the revolution. Uh, I don't think they're going to be too bothered this season. Um, the biggest focus for them, of course, will be uh, MLS Cup. New York uh, City FC, the champions. Um, they had a, they had some, some departures. James Sands uh, is, is out on Lone Rangers. Ismail Tajiri Shradi was selected in the expansion draft and ended up in, in L.A. But I think that one, as much as I love him, and I've always thought he's been great, Yeah, I, my understanding is he was already kind of on the outside by the time that had happened. Mm-hmm. So the the additions have mostly been homegrown players, mostly defenders. They signed Tiago Martins, the 26-year-old Brazilian from Yokohama F. Marinos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, that, so not, so, so kind of stand pat. A lot of the key players still in place. Yep. Um, they'll, they will simply look for more success. And I, I think they'll be able to get it. I I don't, again, another team that didn't need to change a lot. So they didn't, uh, we're starting to see their, um, academy system pay off and bring up more younger players. Um, yeah, they they lost a couple of good pieces, but I think they've added some interesting ones, and I think that 
although maybe not the most improved team in the East. Um, I think that they can certainly finish higher this season in the table, which obviously didn't matter to them last season. To be the defending champions, this is the right move, you know? Get some younger players up and see, like, can we do the same again or maybe even more with maybe slightly less? But not any big, significant, earth-shattering players out for them. So I feel like all good young additions. Um, and maybe they don't win MLS Cup this season and instead get a couple of younger players on the radar that eventually earn them boatloads of money to f- sign another big DP. I think things are all right in New York City, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> across the channel, across yeah. the channel. And then... How did they let Fabio go? I thought he was one of the key parts of the of the of the previous season. There have been a lot of moves. We are we are somehow seeing for the last time. Um, we are seeing a, a a New York Red Bulls without Daniel Lawyer, which seems hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, following the last couple of years, we had we had the Caden Clark goodbye tour, <laughs> and now. And now he's back. And now he's on back. Loan. Back on loan. I I think it'll be good Good to see the familiar face um, bring a bit of consistency. They added Lewis Morgan as well. I think that's a great signing. Um, Carlos Coronel as a goalkeeper, uh, transfer from Salzburg. Dylan Nealis from Nashville. Um, overall, I, I think this looks good. I don't know if Red Bulls fans <laughs> necessarily agree given how many players, significant players, went out. But here, just hear me out here. They were terrible. <laughs> so even, <laughs> I mean, defensively last season, I think they, they had a pretty good season. But, uh, you know, 39 goals was certainly lowest in the Eastern teams that made it into the playoffs. And we all know how that kind of went. Um, I don't think they were all that good. So... Yes, it sucks to lose some of those pieces, but I think that they've done a good job and brought in some interesting pieces. But of course, it's the chemistry thing. And that's the thing that's been missing from Red Bulls. So on the one hand, <laughs> I say maybe it's time for uh, to hit the reset and refresh a bit. But on the other hand, <laughs> um, you bring in so many new pieces and, and maybe not... Uh, a, a huge, huge signings. But, you know, they're bringing in a player that has played in this squad before. So I think it's about finding some consistency in a system that the Red Bulls can rebuild their identity around. Um, I mean, certainly they signed some players that come from Red Bull clubs. So hopefully that will add to things. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I rate them much higher than where they ended up last season at this point. Which was Orlando... Seven. Orlando, he said goodbye to Nani. They said goodbye to Chris Mueller. They said goodbye to Daryl DK is listed on the sheet, but I think he was gone a little bit earlier than the end of the season. Mm-hmm. His his transfer was on January first, I guess. Um. Oh yeah, he played at the end of the season. Okay, that makes sense. Well, they were they were they're emotionally um you know disentangled from from Daryl DK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have made. Uh, they brought in Facundo Torres. Uh, they've signed some other players from from out of the league, such as as Cesar Araujo and 
Erkan Kara. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, those two of those are uh, forwards. The uh, Torres and Kara are forwards, and Araujo is a uh, a, a midfielder. A um, lot of change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of that'll be a lot of change to kind of deal with. But a lot of it is on the forward line, and I think that where, um, you know, where Orlando needs to continue success is is by staying consistent defensively. Yeah, which I don't. If we're if we're on the same page, I don't feel like they've necessarily addressed yet. Um, Philadelphia had some some big outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I am um, a glutton for free stuff, I did one of those. Uh, they had like a on their Twitter account. They were like, um, you know, retweet this tweet and reply with the the player whose jersey you want the most. And I was like, well, so Chibilcos. I would have loved to have a Chibilco jersey. Would love to have an El Senio jersey. Sergio Santos? <laughs> I don't know. Am I a big Kai Wagner fan? <laughs> um, they have... Uh, I don't necessarily think that that's like the end of the world that they lost, you know, those players and and, um, and, and Elvis Powell, but they have had a couple of, you know, they've, they've come close and, and you know, I think are on the point of where they are now not just needing to get themselves to the next level, but, you know, really need to work to keep themselves at this top level if they're going to try and, and get any better result than they'd had. Mm-hmm. I agree. Is Julian Carranza going to be the player that gets them there? I don't know. Maybe I should get, uh, maybe I should get him. Maybe I should have replied that to the tweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I love the union, you know? A good season last season. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I still think that they've got a good core, but I think that even just the attitude of a player like Shabilko and what he brought, um, that's a hard thing to replace. I'm I'm okay. I'm fundamentally okay with the trade, but I I sort of was expecting a little bit more to come in. I mean, Ure who's coming in from Bronby seems like a great player Carranza and Ure together um, I think should be a maybe a good partnership depending on how they want to line up um, yeah maybe Philadelphia does okay but I don't know for me this feels like a, a like just a slight inching backwards maybe um, but like Ure is great <laughs> like a really really skilled striker so um, maybe maybe some more goals will come their way um, Portland Timbers enter the the post Diego Valeri era. Um, That's right. It will be the it will be the the still Sebastian Blanco era because they have signed him as a uh, as a free agent. Um, a lot of their activity seems to have been uh, the signing of of homegrowns and and, and goal, in-depth goalkeepers and whatnot. David Ayala from Estudiantes is a big get. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, that uh, how he slots in to a potential role in Portland. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I overall, I like the some of the the younger signings, and uh, certainly David Ayala is a, an interesting piece to have. I think, notably, being without both veteran goalkeepers this season. Of course, uh, Jeff Attenella retired, and Steve Clark moved on to Houston. They brought in David Bingham, who's obviously a very experienced MLS goalkeeper, but um, without Valeri, like, yes, they still got Blanco, but um, I think it's going to be a challenging season for Portland, and not the least of which because of ownership issues and, and front office problems that have plagued them, and, and they've really soured uh, the the high that they were coming in on. Um, certainly the fan base is, I think, um, making decisions. I mean, I've seen a lot of players, or a lot of players, a lot of people canceling season tickets, and I, you know, if we're just talking about soccer transactions, I don't know that there's enough players coming in here that it's going to be a particularly successful season for Portland. It's certainly, uh, it's certainly something that, like, you know, you talk about the idea of, of like building community and 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 you know rallying the. That was something that was something that was already, I guess, an issue with for a lot of people coming into MLS Cup and and to lose a player, I think that was his emotionally important as supporters as as Valeri, I think that in past you know dust ups between clubs and supporters and Portland has had that and, and Vancouver has had that. It's like in some senses what you have left is the emotional connection with the players on the pitch. So it's a it's a rough time to be going through that kind of transformation as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's move over to Real Salt Lake. Lots and lots and lots of movement in and out and re-signings and homegrowns. And um, where, where do you feel like we, we land with a 2022 version of Real Salt Lake? They did just make it into the playoffs last season. Caused a little bit of chaos, but not too much. So the big deal here, I think, is that we're looking... We're, we're still... Um, Absent a replacement for Albert Rusnak. Yeah. So it will really depend for me on whether or not they they can uh, they can make such a such a such a deal. Yeah, I agree. I think the the thing for me that um, I think defensively adding um, Johan Kapelhoff is a good pickup for them. Um, I think that side of things could go better. Bringing through so many homegrowns can work really well. I think this is, for me, I kind of look at RSL as like, are they going to have a season like Dallas had last season where they're able to bring through some really promising young talent, sell that on, take that money, and then really reinforce next season? Um, I know that it's like, <laughs> that's the popular thing to do right now. That's the model. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, I'm like, I, I think this looks okay to me. Um but yeah, the the big <laughs> rusnak shaped hole is an issue. Um, San Jose, we have got you know the Wondolowski has uh, left, but the moment, as they say in Doctor Who fandom, has been prepared for. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not you know, it's not the big blow I think that it could be simply because. Everybody knew it was coming. 
Um, and and you have Grey Goose coming in. I think that that'll be so good. that'll be good. I think that that, that they'll enjoy that and banging and in some some rockets from midfield. The you know this will be I think I don't want to be reductive in saying this. But it does feel now that every season with the earthquakes is kind of the Matias Almeida show in terms of like, will his deal, will will his whole idea of what he does work out, and uh, and and will it click with the the group of players that he has? And if it doesn't feel like it's clicking, how long will it take? How long will be he will he be able to I guess stay in that position? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would have liked to have seen some slightly better defensive additions. I, I think he's really hell-bent on the counter-attacking style and, and going forward um, and and playing sort of smash-and-grab football. We definitely saw them refine their approach last season. Uh, I mean, every team gave up a lot of goals last season, really, so especially in the West. So it feels like a kind of unnecessary thing to pick on. Uh, clearly defense was not MLS's strong point last season. Uh, just wild prediction land. I really like what San Jose has done in their off season. I mean, Grey Goose, um, I like the signing of Francisco Calvo as well. Jameer Montero from Philadelphia. These are all really good picks for a team that has needed some of that experience and something kind of different. Like we know San Jose can do the really... Uh, fast and tricky wingers. We know that they can bang in some good goals, but it's just not been solid in all areas across the pitch. I don't think this necessarily is either, but like bringing in Calvo is a pretty good defensive shoring up. Um, I think San Jose qualifies this season. I don't know how well or how much they qualify, but I think with this squad... um, it's it's possible. I'll say that much. It's possible. It's kind of funny that that's the that's the, <laughs> the given the past with uh, with San Jose that that's the that's the uh, that's the spicy take. But doesn't it also feel like this could be really be the team? <laughs> and I know that I did this last season with Minnesota, but doesn't it feel like maybe people are sleeping on them a little bit? I mean, they were bottom of the table two seasons ago. They finished tenth this season. You know, only four points behind LAFC. Obviously, LAFC didn't have a great season, but like I, I feel like there's maybe a little bit more there and and a little bit more forward momentum with this club than maybe we might first think. I mean, it's San Jose. If they don't do well at all, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh no, how did this happen? But I'll be excited to see it. I'll be excited to see it. I think they've they've brought in some pieces that can help them be better. Maybe that's my wild prediction. <laughs> Seattle, I think, is a team that 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 was hurting for consistency. Um, they have big ambitions. They already seemed to be pretty stacked, and now they've brought in uh, Albert Rusnak. I don't necessarily think you know, minus a Brad Smith, there's there hasn't been you know a whole lot of change um, on their end. But I'm pretty happy with what they have. Um, you know. They lose uh, Benazet is the other big the other big subtraction. But Benazet, 
Benazay. <laughs> Shaking off the preseason dust. That's oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring, but, of course, the big thing for them, of course, is bringing in Albert Ruznak. They've also brought Kellen Rowe in. Um, Resi- resigned Kellen Rowe. Resigned Kellen Rowe. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> brought him in. Brought him in from his previous position playing with them. Um, resigning Will Bruin as well and Freddie Montero. Stefan Cleveland was uh, fully brought in. He appeared, I think, a couple of times last season as a young goalkeeper for them. Um, I think he's a good piece as well. It's Seattle. Like, <laughs> I don't think much needed to be added here, and I think they have added to it consistently year over year. It just feels like Brian Smetzer has a very good pulse on what his team needs, and if you don't quite meet that threshold... Uh, even if you're you are a contributor, I think it makes sense to move on. I think Benaze had moments, but in terms of being really a Seattle player, especially towards the end of the season, that didn't really seem to be the case. However, all of that being said, Albert Rusnak is great. Is Seattle the best place to utilize him? I hope so. I'd love to see him continue to play really great. But I feel like, you know, this is a massive amount of money for him. And there is a lot on his shoulders. I think that he can take it. I think he will do well, but it is a lot of pressure to put on him. Um, um, Sporting Kansas City. Good old SKC. They've made a lot of re-signings of, uh, of you know, familiar faces like Graham Zussi and Robert, Roger Espinoza. Yep. They brought in Ben Sweat, which my brain wants to say he's from in it, uh, from New York City, but I... I think right. he's made another step in think, between. I think he was at Austin, wasn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, pick up. Graham Zussi resigned. The big, the big sheet. Um, the 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 big name that you won't see on this sheet that that uh, looms over everything is Alan Pulido, um, who has had cartilage repaired in his knee, according to KSHB.com. And uh, we'll miss the season. That's right. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> just that just straight up sucks. Um, to, yesterday, uh, today, Peter Vermees says this is my last time answering this question. False. <laughs> false to what? <laughs> I mean, false. You will you will answer this question. You will have to answer this question several more times. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, like it sucks to it absolutely sucks to lose a player of his, you know, quality um, before the season even starts. But you want to hope that you know he can continue to recover and 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 come back strong. There have been challenging times for um, for SKC, but they've made a number of signs from uh, signings from outside the league, especially on offense, to try and make up for some of that. Um. Yeah, I think it could be okay for them. Um, obviously, finishing third last season, pretty good season. Again, pretty consistently defensively good. It just feels like Vermees can't catch a break with the injury thing. Uh, but it it does happen. I think that they've got the the reinforcements here. Um, how deep they go? Hard to say. They've brought in some interesting new pieces. Um, players that I do not only not know, but I have not practiced their last names yet, and I'm not going to try. That is my homework. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I think I'm honestly going to say I haven't looked at SKC closely enough to really assess where they might end up. But I would imagine, you know, Vermees knows how to rejig things and, and add depth. Um, and I like what they've done here. So I don't see any reason to be overly concerned if you're an SKC fan. They've got, uh, well, they've, they've still got Johnny Russell. We love to see that. They still got Johnny Russell. Good old Johnny will do ya if you need something. Um, Back to Canada. We have two clubs left. Let's talk about Toronto FC. Of course, off the top, uh, you know, we t- well, not off the top, but we talked about Josie Altidore to New England. That era is done. Um, the the Bob Bradley, the Bob Bradley era is here, and I would say, looking at this uh, this outgoing list. Some people got re-signed, but, or, I mean, Iowa Akinola is back, but you've got to say, okay, this is not, the big news is Insigne is here. That's the big, that's the, that's the big news. Everybody is going to be focused on it. I think there's going to be enough excitement around the new additions to the club, which include him and, and Carlos Salcedo, that it's going to be fine. And, and everybody is, of course, interested in in Bob Bradley and, and how he's going to interface with Michael Bradley and stuff. There's there's plenty to see here. But for a team that was sort of building and trying to, you know, patiently continue the rebuild after the MLS Cup years, um, there's a lot of missing faces here. I think it will surprise people. You know, they will they will have heard... Oh, they signed Insigne, and then they will, you know, they will turn on the stream and log on and say, "Where's Nick DeLeon? Yeah, <laughs> where's Sabasa Endo? Where's Justin Mora? Where's where well, he's retired? Where's where's Richie Larie Where's uh, Mark Delgado? There's like, you know, where's Josie? It's like I think that that where's Soteldo? <laughs> I think people well, people will know how many <laughs> how many people yeah how many people are going to really turn up really missing Jefferson Soteldo uh, maybe that's unfair but <laughs> I mean I feel like he had his moments I certainly saw what they wanted to do with him but for me the attitude was never going to get him anywhere with Bob Bradley Bob Bradley has an incredibly high standard and we just saw a little bit too much head drooping from him. Um, and and not enough for his price tag. Yes, is a, a still a developing player, but like needed to do more. I think to, at this level, which wasn't to say that he was bad. Obviously, he's an incredibly talented player. Um, but I feel like you know when you look at what's what they've signed instead was really shoring up defensively again. So bringing in Carlos Salcedo from Tigres um, announced today. They signed former Whitecap Caden Chung. Who um, needs Carlos Salcedo when you have Lucas McNaughton and Caden Chung for Pacific FC? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I, I like this look for Toronto FC. I honestly kind of forgot that Bob Bradley was their coach again. Um, it's going to be a very different looking team. And I think this is the thing that's going to kind of suck for Toronto. Is I think they will definitely have a better season. <laughs> I mean... I really, really hope they have a better season. I really, really, really hope they have a better season. But, but, um, I, I, it's going to take time for all of these things to gel. Can Bob yeah. Bradley build a team 
and rejig it and have success with it? Of course he can. Um, and I think he's he's done good to to rebuild the squad here and trimmed a lot of the fat, both in terms of just players that I think had outstayed their welcome and also just contracts that at this point were getting a little bit too expensive to justify. I mean, for everything that Altador did, it made sense to move on this season. Um, it doesn't take away anything of what he means to the club or what has done. I just think for, again, the, the wage and what Toronto needs to do um, and the, the fitness issues, it, it all made sense. New England gets a great player. Toronto gets to rejig things and, and move into a different era. But it's going to take time. So, yeah, I think they'll do better. <laughs> better than second to last. Vancouver Whitecaps, I'm finished the 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 second half of the year were were one of the were somehow one of the the most you know informed teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they had we talked a little bit about this before that the hope was that they were going to keep basic you know they 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 re-signed Fanny Sartini, um, they kept basically everyone that was mostly important, uh, and then. Maxime Crepeau needed a trade to LASC. Um, there have been uh, there have been very few notable additions. They've been Tristan Blackman is going to be uh, hopefully big on defense and 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 hopefully validate that idea of doing a back three if that's what we're still going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like the buzz that I'm getting from what I've seen in training and and um how people have reacted is that it seems like people are that there may be more contributions from Sebastian Burhalter than additionally, than initially uh, conceived of when he first made his uh, appearance. Absolutely. I think some of their trialists as well have been banging in some goals in preseason as well. So, Oh my God. Although... That's the story I love. Who's the guy? Uh... Oh yeah, when they're, and isn't it Brian White that screams "Sign this kid" or something? What's his name? Oh, the, you, uh. the, what better? What better? You know, uh, what better recommendation could you possibly get? It's uh, his name is. Oh. Is he going to be scored against Aguilar? We got to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, he scored against he scored in the 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 LA Galaxy four two, which that's a you know never never take too much, never 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 put too much uh, <laughs> stock in. Rude, but I mean I think you know for a club that hasn't made a lot of signings, I mean I, I think that overall things look good, but of course the. The goalkeeper question is there. They uh, they re-signed or recommitted to Thomas Hassal today, and he'll be with the club um, more on a more permanent basis. Um, and I, do, I don't want to relive the conversation about goalkeepers, but I think that that is the big standout thing. They've moved on from Bikel um, and Andy Rose as well. So I, I think that there's the right amount of movement here. A question for me that I just cannot help but bring up is is just what do we do with Lucas Cavallini? What's the bar for what he needs to hit this season? Um, and, like, not a bad piece to have, but for me, I feel like the club will have to, to kind of decide their, their future this year. 
about do they want to continue to invest in this player? Um, and at what point do you say, maybe this isn't working out exactly as we need it to? But we know there's been injuries and things like that there. All I'm saying is I think the Whitecaps have good pieces in place and they have some room to maneuver as well if they wanted to uh, to try to move Cavallini on. Um, I think that's, that's a thing they could do without sacrificing their form. That sounds really, I, really harsh, but that's, the what challenge I, is, that's what I feel. The odd thing right now, when you look at it, simultaneously, I mean, like, you can't you can't pay too much money to somebody. I'm not trying to be... I'm, I'm also not trying to say negative things. Or be overly, you know... You know, it's overly confident when it's not necessarily needed. But... One of the big things, and, and they have the Whitecaps have pitched it this way, that Pedro Vite is essentially going to be a new signing, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he's been he's been he's been signed for a while, but he's, um, but he has been I I believe injured for most of that time. Was I think some of that, or was it a was it a, a visa thing? In any case, he's now available. I think it was a visa thing. I think he was waiting and, on that. And, like, simultaneously, you're right that I think that that anybody who looks at the situation knows that has to be the other shoe left to drop. Um, But other than than getting, like, a major goalkeeper, it's almost challenging right now. Like, I guess you, you would really just be looking for... Um, a player who is available is available as part of a Cavallini move that maybe you wouldn't have have thought was available, but you can yeah. but you can get because if you look at all of the positions, I feel like they have pretty close to they pretty much know who they want to be starting at any given time at this at this point. Yeah, I don't and really I, think that's a say- mystery to them. No, and and good pieces as backup in most of those positions as well. Um, so never going to say that the Vancouver Whitecaps couldn't add like could stay yeah, for reinforcement. Truly, yeah, yeah, but, exactly. If we could sign forty more players just to be sure, I'd say let's go for it. But with the with the current roster <laughs> restrictions, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not doom and gloom on the Whitecaps this season at all. Um, I but I I think that they have. The momentum from last season, I think, really needs to be there from the get-go. Because if they've got to start over and have a crappy start to the season and it takes them a while to get going, I think we've just been there too many times. And I think that there's enough, again, improvement across the Western Conference that they're really going to have to continue to deliver at the the level they did towards the Sartina, the beginning of the Sartini era towards the end of the last season, um, but also build on that in a significant way. I, I feel like they can do that with what they have, but man, when you think about the number of times that Maxime Kripo's just godlike hand saved us an entire game <laughs> and mm. brought us points, that's the part where I go, I don't think that we can expect that same level of defensive prowess, and we still gave up a pretty healthy amount of goals last season. So, you know... Again, Blackman's there. Hassel's been re-signed. Here we go. (laughs) 
and I'll be, it, it's all about, like you said, trying to recapture that momentum. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the, uh, the addition to Pedro, um, having Kyle Alessandra back after his season ending surgery. And also, you know, it, he floated in and he, uh, had challenges visa wise as well with getting, um, with getting established. And I understand he is, he's in. That's been resolved. Yes? Yes. So those are too big in terms of like what went wrong for the Whitecaps. It's like they had a player who they couldn't get a visa signed uh, and and had to leave in Adnan. And then um, the they had a player who they couldn't get to feature for them in Pedro Vite. And they had a player who one of their major signings who got injured, who was out for the season in Alessandra. So the hope, I guess, is that you have all of the, 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 the parts that were going so well, you have added on defense and you're going to, you know, um, you're going to have some, some, some new old new pieces (laughs) contributing on, on, on midfield. That's, that's a pretty good, if, if the goaltending works, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good basis for a season. Yep. Absolutely. Um Yeah. Well, there you have it. Saturday games begin again. I uh I've already grumbled and restarted my TSN subscription. I put on my FC Cincinnati <laughs> jersey. Um I am I think ready to go. I I don't know how to segue into this or out of it, but I, I just feel like it's important to say that our thoughts are with the Ukrainian people tonight. There's obviously terrible things unfolding there. And, we, you know, we're not a global politics show, and we do not have the, the space or expertise here to discuss all of that. But I just want to say that we are certainly in solidarity with the Ukrainian people uh, today and moving forward. Um, yeah. And... You know, it's it's a difficult. It's a huge understatement to say it's been a difficult couple of years. It's been a difficult few months. I am so glad to have something to look forward to, um, but certainly um, we are not asleep to the things that are going on outside of soccer as well. And just want to wish everyone a safe, healthy season. I hope you stay well. I hope your uh, your favorite players stay well. And most important, oh, and most importantly, of course, where can people find us online? You can find me online on Twitter at Team Bates, www.team-bates.com. Um, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at That's So MLS. You can, of course, find this podcast on That's So MLS.com. <laughs> Whoa, words. It's late. Um, and wherever you get your fine podcasts, eh. Yeah. Thanks for listening in. It's going to be a season. (laughs) Thanks for watching soccer with us, folks. We're excited to watch you soccer with us. We're excited to watch soccer with you again. And, uh, and, and in that interest, don't get sent off.